0: Lord, I love the house in which you dwell, and the place where your glory abides. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, St. Paul's. Good morning. Happy Labor Day weekend. This weekend in the United States marks that official end of summer, and the beginning of fall, and all of its activities School starts for the kiddos, hunting season starts for me, <laughs> yeah, and college and professional football begin, go Irish, Mm-hmm. and we honor that American tradition of labor and work as we celebrate Labor Day as a federal holiday on Monday. And I've done a lot of reflecting on Labor Day and what that means. Praying with that, with our scriptures for this weekend, and it's made me wonder, what what is the labor of the church? What is our work as disciples of Christ? So hold on to this question in your hearts for a moment, because I want to talk about another big sporting event that's happening right now that I love just as much that happens this weekend every year, the Men's and women's, Women's Tennis U.S. Open in New York City. Any tennis fans? Okay, okay, yes. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of a nice coincidence that the US Open is celebrating 50 years of equal, equal pay and prize money for the men and women. I don't, I mean, let me know after, but I don't think there's any other sport that's paying equal prize money to men and women, so this is an incredible thing uh, to mark in our history. And a quick American lesson, I'm sure a lot of you know who made that possible, right? The illustrative, the amazing American hero and icon, Billie Jean King, right? I think half the reason I watch the US Open is to see them interview her and bring her out, and she's so happy, and she's got those funky glasses on, and you know, her spiky hair, she's, you can't miss Billie, right? She's incredible. But Billie Jean King, made my dreams of playing college softball reality. And not just that, I got to play, but also her work fighting for civil rights through the legacy of Title IX allowed me to get my education paid for because now the NCAA, the rules are you have to have equal amount of scholarships for men as you do for women. And Title IX also, it didn't just help elevate women's status in the workforce or education, it also elevated men and women's protection from sexual harassment and misconduct due to the discrimination based on sex. Now I could say a lot more about Billie Jean King and the legacy of the policy of Title IX and how much it's influenced, but I'm gonna bring this back to Jesus. So on the face of it, there's nothing really distinctly Christian about what Billy did or the world that she envisioned and fought for. There's also nothing distinctly Christian about our scripture from Romans today. That list of practices Paul talks about as he casts this vision for what the church should be. All of those little practices are simply good, uh, faithful Jewish and Greek values. But he's setting us up. He's setting us up for the standard of how the church ought to act in the world. So, could you imagine a world where everyone loved genuinely, where we tried to outdo each other in honor? How about a world in which we rejoiced in hope? Held patience and prayer, contributed to the needs of the saints, and extended hospitality to strangers. Notice also that these practices are all about our relationships with one another. And in theology, we call these right practices orthopraxy. But what makes Paul's practices, his ethics, Christian. His belief. His orthodoxy. And Billy had belief too. She believed that men and women were made by God as inherently equal and should be treated as such. So her work, her labor, her practices were advocating for making discrimination due to sex illegal part of the fabric of our law. Her belief influenced her actions. And she even put her whole body on the line. I don't know if some of you were old enough to remember that famous match in 1973, obviously before I was born. The battle of the sexes where she beat the male tennis pro, Bobby Riggs, in three straight sets. Now we could debate this idea that right belief stimulates right action, or is it right action that stimulates belief? And which one's more important, right practice or right belief? I'm sure we could have a robust conversation about this. But come to Pub Theology on Tuesday and we'll dive deeper into this question of right practice and right belief. But my point here, going back to that question at the beginning, is what is the labor of the church? It's not just simply doing these things that Paul says we ought to do in relationship with one another. Although those things are fantastic, to be sure, they're critical for living out our calls as Christians, but I think there has to be something that roots us, roots our actions. And I think that thing is our faith. In our belief that Christ is the Lord. That's what makes us Christian. So when we read the gospel today and we hear Jesus say to the disciples, If you want to be my followers, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. What is he saying the labor of the church is? I think you're saying it's both. We must believe and we must labor. We must have faith, and we must put faith in action. It's never just enough to believe, and it's never just enough to do. And especially as Anglicans, the answer to almost everything for us is a little bit of both. The church much, must live in this tension between the poles of our tradition of orthodoxy and orthopraxy to realize the revelation of scripture that god's mysterious truth that jesus christ is the messiah the savior of the world and paul shows us throughout the book of revelation or excuse me romans that it is this very belief that christ is our savior that we ought to do life differently He's showing the church that we ought to be an alternative reality, an oasis from the broken ways of the world. It's a reality where we aren't at the center, but Christ is at the center. It's a reality where we ought to be in ardent in spirit to serve the Lord, love one another with mutual affection Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. And do not claim to be wiser than you are. This is what the kingdom of God looks like, friends. A beloved community living in right relationship according to Christ's self-giving love. I don't know if Billy would say her faith informed her work, but she was a faithful good Methodist, so I'd hope so, and I will assume so for all of us, and argue with me all you want, but women's equality seems like kingdom work to me. There's no better way to honor one another with mutual affection than advocating for equality. And I certainly know I wouldn't be standing here today if it weren't for the incredible men and women who believed God's love and God's kingdom included women in the priesthood. So how wonderful, how glorious is it that the work of the church is a labor of Christ, life-giving, self-emptying, and liberating love. Therefore, church, let us with gladness present the offerings and oblations of our life and labor to the Lord. Amen.